What is going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Diabetes Hustle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone on iTunes listening right now and blog. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my podcast game has been definitely very slow to say the least. And Ariel Lawrence, the person I'm about to interview in by the title of this video, she is the basically one who put up the event that I went to in New York and got invited to be on the panel, which is called Diabetics on the Margin. You're gonna know what that event is about, who Ariel is, and we were in LA when I interviewed her for another diabetes music video shoot. Great interview, great person. I love Ariel. It was super, super fun to have her and just have a good conversation. Enough me talking. Enjoy this video, enjoy this interview. Thank you guys, see you soon. I am here with Ariel. Okay, now I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm excited. Okay, so let's let's get right into it. Diabetics on the margin. Just start with like, what was that title? Because when I first heard it, I was like, diabetics on the margin. Mar okay, so we're one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> what is what does that mean to it's you? How did funny, the title come about? Because some people are like, what do you mean by that? Someone was like, oh, I'm not a fan of that title. I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. Right. It's not for you. Yeah. Um, so my platform has always been about highlighting the stories of people of color living with diabetes. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to do kind of like a visual representation of that, right? So Diabetics on the Margin initially started as just a photo series with myself and two of my closest diabetes mm -hmm. who are brown and black women. Um, and I just wanted to, I guess, show to the rest of the world that like type 1 diabetes in particular looks like us as well. Mm. Um, and the reason why I entitled it Diabetics on the Margin is because the emphasis is on underrepresented communities or people who are typically marginalized within society. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to call it marginalized diabetics. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that because these are people who are not typically paid attention to by society, they're living on the margins of that. Mm. Um, so within the diabetes community in particular, especially online and different platforms, I felt like I wasn't seeing enough people of color represented. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of wanted to elevate those narratives. And so it's like, in a way, I'm saying I'm telling the stories of diabetics on the margin, people who are typically unseen, but at the same time, I'm bringing attention to them so that they become kind of like the focus point. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When Were you like in a period in, in your life when, you, you know, living with diabetes, like, I feel super alone, I feel like there's not a voice for us. Was it during college? Like, take us to one moment maybe, or was it through a period in your life? Yeah, so it's funny... Uh, because I was diagnosed with type 1 right before my 16th birthday. Right. Um, and at the time, I really didn't care too much for community. I maybe was, like, really focused on schoolwork. I was, like, a nerd. Um, yeah. So I was very much focused on school, just being, like, a normal, quote-unquote, teen. Yeah. Um, and I remember... Like my first year after diagnosis, I participated in the JDRF one walk. Um, it was just okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel necessarily compelled to get more involved within the diabetes community. Um, and then the topic didn't come up again until I was in college when I went to the health center. Um, mm. And the doctor who I was seeing was just like, by the way, we do have a support group for people with type one. And I was just like, mm, I'm fine. At that <laughs> point, I had already been living with diabetes for two years. I mean, that's not a long time by yeah. any means, but I still felt pretty much like self-sufficient and independent in my care. And I didn't necessarily feel like 
diabetes stopped me in any way or impacted uh, my mental health or well-being. I didn't really see the need for a community. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I was like 18, six years later, um, when I was 24, my grandmother, who was living with type 2, um, began to succumb to complications of diabetes. Mm, so right. she was on dialysis, she had lost vision in one eye, um, and she had lost both her legs. Wow. Um, and at that time, granted, I knew that type 1 and type 2 were very different, um, different comorbidities, etc. Um, but it was just a scary time for me, and I was like, am I going to end up like this? Like. Mm. You know, my A1Cs aren't always glorious. My control isn't always tight. And so there was that concern around complications. Um, and the question of, was my end of life going to look like her end of mm. life, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so it was a very traumatic time for me, of course, not just witnessing like another person with diabetes succumb to this disease, but also witnessing my grandmother, who I often viewed as like this very powerful, stubborn, defiant woman seem so weak. Mm. Um, and vulnerable Um, and so then at that point then the depression hit then you know the the spells of crying hit Um, and I feel like I looked to my parents for like solace and encouragement but I felt like though they tried (laughs) they didn't really get it Um, and even when I went to like my educator and my doctor to talk about kind of like how I was feeling I didn't necessarily feel reassured by their words either and so Mm. it was at that point that I decided you know what I'm going to see if I can find some type of community online yeah um and so I did like I found several different websites Mm. um that talked about the type one experience but then again I didn't necessarily feel like I saw anyone who looked like me yeah like I was like we're all black people at like I don't know I I know that we exist we have type one too maybe not to the same rate or yeah maybe not to the same rate as um white folks but i know that we're here yeah um and so it bothered me that i felt like my experience wasn't necessarily reflected and so from there that's when i decided to kind of like do something about it and start my own platform so that was like my first kind of desire to really establish a community or space for myself within the diabetes world yeah so if we look down your timeline, you went Just a Little Sugar, which is your blog, mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. huge following, you know, major impact. <laughs> major uh-huh. impact's an important thing. And then mm-hmm. from there, I would say, you know, a next move was you partnered with Beyond Type mm-hmm. 1, which is one of the biggest nonprofit, no, I'm sorry, one of the biggest type 1 diabetes communities out mm-hmm. there. And you partnered up with them got the event together what was like that whole process of getting that together like you know the whole event essentially you know flying me from the west coast Mm -hmm. other people coming in from canada Mm -hmm. seattle if i'm right um i'm sorry different places but what was that like was was it like okay i'm gonna take my first step here what was that hard part like okay was it the first step or was it during the process the hard part because i'm looking at you in the event i'm like <laughs> wow she really put all this together beyond type one this is amazing you are like because you're you know i heard your podcast with rob diabetics doing mm-hmm. things and i'm like you are a go-getter and you know we need that in the space what was that like I the whole like process you're gassing of me up right now so <laughs> i will say that it was very much like a collaborative effort like i don't want to say like um i did the majority of the work or anything like that right, like right, it really was a collaborative effort between myself and beyond type one yeah. and their team there 
Um, I think in terms of the vision and idea for the event, like, so essentially how it came to be was Sarah Jensen, who's the creative director of Beyond Type One. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she had seen the photo series, like the Diabetics on the Margin photo series, which I had published um, in March. So shortly after yeah. Black History Month and during Women's Month. Yeah. Um, and then she reached out to me and she was just like, you know, I love what you're trying to do here. Is there a way that we can amplify your voice or um, kind of like rally around the work that you're doing? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Well, I really have this idea and I think I have a tendency to really like think big sometimes. Which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It can feel overwhelming. But yeah. I was just like, you know, I just want to do like some type of event where I'm yeah. actually bringing people together. Because one thing that I found from doing that photo series with um, my girlfriends was that a lot of people, especially of color, were like, man, I wish I had a like a real life community. Mm. I don't know anyone living with type one who yeah. reflects my experience culturally, socially, right. whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm journeying through diabetes alone. Mm. And I was like, man, I don't want people to feel alone. Like, that's not what I'm about. I'm all about community um, and feeling like, having other folks feel like they belong um, within a particular community. And so I was like, you know what? I just want to get people of color, especially because I feel like we're less likely to tap into these different diabetes spaces for a variety of reasons. Um, I wanted to get them together and really feel like One, I matter within this community. Um, Two, I can connect with someone who maybe I can relate to in a way that I couldn't necessarily relate to the stories of other, you know, diabetes platforms. Um, And then three, hopefully I can leave feeling empowered to get more involved within this community. And then lastly, I think one of my intentions was um, to get other organizations to understand, like, why it was so important to have representative platforms right like platforms that don't just highlight you know white families um kind of dealing with the type one experience but are also intentional about like highlighting different racial ethnic cultural groups as well and so clearly beyond type one got that vision um but i don't i don't know like to what extent other organizations or platforms like understood the importance of that and so my goal was to have other companies, organizations, social platforms, communities, see why an event like this mattered so much and why the topic of inclusion and diversity was so important for folks living with diabetes. Yeah, yeah, because we had, like, other partners that were, you know, my sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't answer your question, by the way, sorry. No, no, I didn't. that's um, when the interview's going good, <laughs> trust me. Going to a deep discussion, I don't want you to check I, the I box. Just, I just, yeah. Don't check the box, but... We had My Sugar as one of the partners, mm-hmm. and then who showed up? Medtronic or T- Tandem? Tandem showed up, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, so Tom, Tom Sure, um, of Type One, yeah. was really instrumental in making sure that we had the sponsors to support the event. Um, so that was like all his doing, you know. Like I said, this is what I want it to look like. It's gonna cost some money, um, yeah. and so <laughs> they're like, okay, we're gonna find sponsors, and so. Yeah. Matronic was a sponsor, um, Tandem, Inslet. I feel like I'm going to forget someone. Jesus, forgive me. Dexcom, um, Companion Medical. Right. My Sugar, as you said. AccuCheck. Yeah. Um, I 
feel like that might have yeah, been yeah. everyone. There was definitely six. Hopefully that was six. Yeah, and we if got I some forgot gift, someone, yeah, we got a Jesus. gift bags too. That was Myabetic, which was great. Yes, and Myabetic. Yeah, that yes, was awesome. They were sponsors. Well, yeah. I know. Weren't you excited? I was I like, oh, yeah. It's in my bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Um, I mean, the event was like, it was really phenomenal because we had mm-hmm. amazing panel. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go through that if you like. Sonia from Chase. Chase oh. Away Diabetes and so- Sonia and then Chase Away Vivian from Sonia and the Better Vivian Foundation. I'm sorry mm-hmm. Vivian that's I don't know okay. why I said Sonia Vivian and that's then sister. oh that's right mm-hmm. okay okay right, right Chase and Courtney from Chase, Courtney. Chase Away Diabetes yeah you Ali Ali <laughs> <laughs> The Daily Diabetes Hustle. Yeah. Um, Dr. Pena, who's an endocrinologist yeah. um, in New York and yeah. also a professor at Mount Sinai. Yeah. Um, Grace Bonnie of Design Sponge was our moderator. I'm looking at her page. I'm like, I know. What? I'm, I'm working for you for free. What's going on? How can I learn? <laughs> She's so amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, was that everybody? I'm, I'm thinking of like how we were seated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Vivian, yeah. then Courtney and Chase. Yeah. Um, then myself, yeah. then Dr. Pena, and then you, yeah. then Grace. Yeah. And then we were supposed to have Chef Tommy. but Yeah, which was unfortunate. Yeah, the event also hurricane. happened at the same time as Hurricane. Yeah. I don't even remember what Hurricane yeah. was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he couldn't make it again. Right, right, important thing. And I guess I can say, like, for type 1 in mm-hmm. general, it's already, like, a small population, mm-hmm. I would say. Like, you see someone with a pump, black, white, or purple, you're going to be excited. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, then yeah. on top of it, we're the minority, you know, mm-hmm. like me being an Arab, mm-hmm. you know, you being an African-American. It's really, it's really awesome because the way I see it, Ariel, is there's some people I look up to who are bloggers mm-hmm. and they might ne- not necessarily be from Iraq or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for example, Superwoman, she's Indian. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at her and I'm like, she knows exactly almost the same thing because our cultures are the mm-hmm. same. You know, like, for example, getting made fun of for not being so outgoing and and Mm -hmm. having you know being a virgin just being Mm -hmm. really vulnerable right now Mm -hmm. and that being shame and then her making it and being such a giant showing like you know you don't have to be in this box Mm -hmm. of what culture set you to be and i see the same thing with african-americans how they raise their children is the same way mexicans and arabs there are are. many similarities yeah many yeah yeah it's funny because like you said of course like you can see anyone regardless of race with type one especially and you're like oh my god we're cousins we're family yeah um but there is something i think special or affirming when you do get to connect with other people who might be from the same cultural background as you um i know with aisha who is biracial guyanese and white um and guyanese and white guyana and what? In the Caribbean? Well, I think some people uh, say it's in South America. Okay. Um, and then there's Gloria or Annie, who is Nigerian-American. Right. Um, it's funny because oftentimes we joke amongst ourselves, like, I know, I think you follow a low-carb regimen. Yeah, um, kind of. But <laughs> we're just like, low-carb diet? That means that I can't have roti, jollof rice, like all these amazing like cultural foods, yeah, which unfortunately are high-carb, but they're yeah. extremely delicious. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when you see or follow certain people on Instagram who promote, and there's nothing wrong with like low-carb diets. I think yeah, they're awesome, course. and if I had the discipline, I would certainly do it. Yeah. Um, but it's just like little things like that. It's yeah. just like, yeah, low-carb. Whatever, I'm going to enjoy this jollof <laughs> rice right now. Right, 
right. Um, yeah. So moments like that yeah. where there's like no judgment and we both can kind of, or the three of us can kind of like joke around. Yeah. Um, it's things like that that yeah. I think make it so special to be able to connect with someone whose yeah. experience kind of mimics yours. Yeah. Because Ariel, the way I see it is you're with your diabetes, mm-hmm. you know. You, there's no judgment between like you eating something or you talk to them about your pump or whatever the mm-hmm. case something very small about diabetes you can't necessarily do that with your other friends that are non-diabetics it's yeah. not saying that we all need diabetic friends but for you i think i take you you probably take good pride in that you know being so involved in the community having close friends that you're open to with yeah and it's I funny because like for the longest while i was literally one of those people i was like i don't need friends with diabetes yeah, like, yeah. i have you're, you're i good. have enough friends yes yeah. i'm totally fine and it's like no, it's nice to have. I'm thinking about now, like some of the conversations I have with Aisha and Gloria, like we'll talk about weight, insulin resistance, yeah. like what it's like dealing with our partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All um, that. <laughs> you guys like click on the same, especially yeah. with like, you know, having someone to talk about, you know, my, my fiance was, and I'm trying to explain this, and mm-hmm. then this happens, mm-hmm. or mom and dad are saying mm-hmm. this, and mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it is nice to have someone who you can just share stories and they automatically get it. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to like worry about breaking down anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, I don't yeah, know, I get you. Nice. It's something to be said. Like when I explain to my non-diabetic, you know, best friend, mm-hmm. I sit there and explain to him. I almost feel like I'm hassling him or like I'm dragging him down somewhere he doesn't mm-hmm. want to listen to. But he's like, hey, man, you're my friend. Like, you know, I'm here to listen to you oh, and whatever, sweet. which is nice. <laughs> I would. So the next question is, how long have you had type one? I've had it for 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. That's a major, major accomplishment. I think so. Because I, I feel like I'm four <laughs> years and I'm like, I'm deep in the game, man. I feel like Dr. You, Dre, I know. You are, though. Almost four. I'm, but. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it wasn't until my 10th year that I decide I'm going to become like vocal within this community. And yeah. the fact that you haven't had yeah. it for so long. Yeah. Um, that you're still managing to pave a way for yourself within yeah. the diabetes world. I think it's like Thank laudable. You. It's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. So my question to you is, leading into the next one what do you take pride in that you're good at with diabetes and in, in, in life and Cecily it doesn't have it could be very practical or very big spacey what do I take pride in yeah what do you feel like you're good at you can give advice to that we're going to ask you the next question which is what advice do you have to offer for these you know if someone lacks community or something mm-hmm. in management that you've learned or something that just clicks for you that works one question at a time with me no, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just joking <laughs> what do I take pride in yeah just answer that I think right now. One, I'm very big on community and like cultivating meaningful relationships with people. And I think it was funny. I was talking to Paula and Colton Sage yesterday and I was like, I'm an oversharer. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And same here. (laughs) I feel like I make people feel uncomfortable. Like, ah, this is my life. But I think there's a gift or beauty in that, right? So, like, by you being vulnerable, you're making other people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and, you know, want to open up and want to build established relationships with you, right? So that's something that I take pride in. Um, So, yeah, cultivating relationships, I think, again, vulnerability. Um, I remember when I first started my blog and my mom read my first blog post about my grandmother and kind of like me detailing what that experience was like watching her die, very frankly. She was just like, Ariel, you're putting all of our business out there. (laughs) You said that on the podcast, I remember. Yes. Putting my family on blast or whatever. Yes. And my mom was just like, I don't know how I feel about it. And I was just like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't mind being vulnerable and sharing of myself in that way. And that's something that I take pride in. Yeah. Um, I take pride in 
the way that I tell stories, I mm. enjoy writing. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a great writer. I don't think so. Um, but I do enjoy telling people stories. Like sometimes I think when I go on different like diabetes websites and I'm like reading a blog post or a feature on someone and sometimes it just feels like a bit, I don't want to say generic, but it's kind of just like, how long have you had diabetes? Yeah. What do you use for your diabetes yeah. management? And I'm just like, right, oh, right. is there a way that we can tell that story in a different way that yeah. makes people want to continue reading or yeah. provides a little bit more information, yeah. honesty, whatever, that right. makes someone like really connect with mm-hmm. that story? Yeah. Um, so I try to think about that. Um, I don't know. What was that, the question? So the part leading into that, what advice do you have for people at home watching, listening? Advice do I have? You know, that, that you really want them to take away? their life you know and i mean you know you're being involved in the community (laughs) that's what i do so like with with your you know with your skill with diabetes being involved in the community other people are very shelled they're like no i'm this is i don't need my friends and family that's okay they don't need to be diabetic but there's some level of i guess everyone needs a little drip of something like i need a lot of community someone needs just a little bit what advice do you have just in general for, for that sense? You know, because you are very good at that, you know, being involved in the community and establishing that. I think, and I could be making assumptions, but I often find a conversation with people that people are like, oh my gosh, I love the work that you're doing. Like, I've always wanted to, or I've had an idea, or, and my whole mantra or like way of being, thinking is just do it. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily have to wait for someone else to do it. Uh, If you feel like there's a need, whether it is that you want to connect with more people or you have a specific idea that you want to implement within the diabetes space, just do it. Mm. Um, And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to, like, look a certain way. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. So even, like, with the platform. (laughs) Recovering, like, we're we're some kind of addicts or something. You were talking about, like, we were talking about our obsessive tendencies and yeah. I was like, yeah, I can totally relate. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I remember like there was so much reluctance and hesitation on my part. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to share this with the world. I feel like I need to do this. I need to do that. Oh my gosh. Should I do it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Should I launch it? Like, yeah. and there was, there was so much questioning that was taking place and it's just like, yeah. nobody really cares yeah. like, Analysis about paralysis. all that extra stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, because once you do, you kind of, like, never know what's going to come of it. Like, I never would have imagined, like, two years ago when I started my platform that, like, I'd be in California right now working on a video for a diabetes awareness project. Yeah. Or that even the event in last York, month yeah. would have happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my long, very way of saying yeah. simply just yeah. do whatever kind of you want to do within this community to make right. it your own. Right. What other advice? Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because you never know who's going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, I can totally relate. Yeah. And like Grant said, you don't have to put all your business out there. No, of course, yeah. Um, and you shouldn't share what you're not comfortable with sharing. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that there's power in sharing. And often we think that we're the only people experiencing or dealing with something. And it's not until you say, oh, I'm facing X, Y, and Z that other people then are like, oh, yeah, so am I. Yeah, and then yeah. you're able to establish that community or find that support or whatever it is that you're looking for. So, yeah. Yeah. I, Be vulnerable I, and just do it. Vulnerable and just do it. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Because the way I see it is, you know, 
do you see social media, you put a smile, you're with your friends, having the best time in my life, living the best life. People are scrolling down. They might be going through something. They're not able to relate. Like, man, my life is really bad. But when someone puts out something, you know, super vulnerable. Like, oh, I'm struggling this yeah, week. Yeah, really my bad. My numbers were like in the 400s yeah, for two days. Yeah, my hair is this way. And like, you know, and people, yeah. what they do is they look at it and they go, okay, nobody has their shit together. Mm-hmm. And what that makes you do is you take action. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be perfect. Let me just go where exactly. I'm at and just keep exactly. going right there. Exactly. Which is the attitude we're learning from you. Um my next question which we're ending pretty soon is oh man i'm blinking out i forgot what i was gonna ask you it was really important <laughs> i want to know what you thought of what you thought of the panel and what why i thought you felt compelled to participate yeah i was i'm like i'm still keeping so much inside because i was just like so excited i was like me on the panel i'm 21 yes, you, and then, that's you. Me. yeah i didn't like mom i made it <laughs> i literally was trying to like not say that but mom is like so excited my dad's like oh wow so this is the actual thing diabetes mm-hmm. content you know so it was i i mean you heard me like my heart was pounding through the mic <laughs> just nervous so I, I thought i wasn't was gonna nervous. be nervous there was a yeah. moment where like my mouth was so dry i yeah. was like what is happening right yeah. now yeah yeah the questions were amazing and like q a is something i i literally was on the plane and i was thinking like okay what can get me ahead in my own sense in my own head like i don't want to sit there and go oh yeah i'm up here i'm so cool whatever mm-hmm. i'm cool it's like how much value can i bring these people that are showing up paying good money mm-hmm. to be here like i want them to leave and go wow like mm-hmm. i'm this is what i'm doing for my life now like that impact mm-hmm. that was my ultimate goal yeah i think people really appreciated like you talking about your work within the social media space and yeah. like how you so willingly share so much of your life with diabetes through your blog yeah um, yeah so maybe there'll be more vloggers that there we <laughs> go that's what we need as a result of your presence on the panel yeah yeah because we need more of our face on there you know talking about culture and hip-hop mm-hmm. like when i was making music or you know when i was really getting into fitness i felt like there wasn't enough type one and it was like you know if i if i asked my idols like oh what do you know about diabetes or whatever they're like look at me all weird like what mm-hmm. is that you know like i want to put our face up there mm-hmm. you know a, a music producer mm-hmm. or a painter or you know whatever the case may be a youtuber whatever yeah Yeah. my next question to you closing off Mm -hmm. what current projects are you working on or what do you hope to see for diabetes or what do you what's your ultimate goal which i'm trying to ask you which i don't know personally i haven't really sat there and asked you like what are you currently trying to do um personally i really yeah so i think my ultimate goal is to build a robust community that reflects uh the POC experience within the diabetes space and I don't necessarily know if that's going to focus just on type 1 or both type 1 and type 2 because I think I feel like us as type 1s push type 2s too far away I know and it's like we're all trying to control blood sugar I'm trying to teach people that no no I know (laughs) and that's the thing and sometimes I get so frustrated within the type 1 space because I'm just like where's all this animosity for type twos coming from? Like, where's your empathy? Yeah. And it's like, okay, they're different diseases. They're different causes. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, you don't manage it well, you <laughs> end up with the same complications. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. I just, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, where I'm taking this and what I want my direction to be in full transparency. I don't think I've figured that out yet. Yeah, which is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but you're taking action. Yeah. That's the important I have thing. I'm taking some action. And I think from 
the event, it's been interesting because a couple of people have reached out and they, they've said, like, I want to do something very similar in my own city. Um, and so I would love to see if there would be, like, some type of way to kind of sustain the work so that, like, if it were to become a reoccurring event or a national event, like, I don't necessarily have to be the one traveling to different cities, but rather people can... Yeah, distribute it to yeah, um, and curate their own panels. Yeah. And, you know, like, maybe I could provide some type of support or guidance in some yeah. way, but whoever is within that particular city feels empowered and is, if they have the resources to execute the event within their own space, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So trying to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Which, you know, you're taking action on it. And I just want to acknowledge you for a minute. You are a very powerful woman. I really appreciate what you do for the community. Why are you gassing me? (laughs) Guess from, guess from. (laughs) But, like, I I, seriously, serious acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Like, I love what you're doing. And the beauty about this is, you know, me, I lack so much confidence. And I've always been one to, like, put myself down. But I was like, what's the point of putting myself down because you never know who I'm going to impact later in my life you know Mm -hmm. like it's going to be powerful and I'm not going to let the naysayers say whatever they want to say so I want to acknowledge you you are a representation of powerful women of color of diabetes and we appreciate you thank you Ariel and we appreciate you too we need brown and black people (laughs) thank you so much and then uh, plug them really quick. Where can they find you? Social media or not social media, whatever. Put yeah. your social security card on there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, not my social security <laughs> But, um, so I have an Instagram and a blog that I'm active on. Yeah. More so Instagram, but my blog is where all the compelling stories are at. Yes. So Instagram, you can find me at just a little sugar. So it's just a little underscore yeah. sugar, sugar with no, no R at R. the end. Sugar. Yeah, that was me paying homage to the southern part yeah. of my family. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, sweetie, you got the sugar? Oh, my and God, I know. Like, That's what I was thinking the whole time. We were talking about that after the event. They're yes. like Arabs and black people and Indians. They're like, oh, you have the sugars. You're going to be fine. Just, just it's in your head. You know, eat the orange or take this herb. You don't need insulin. Exactly. You know yes. that. So that's that's where that came from. And then my blog is just a little sugar. sugar Again, no R at the end dot com. Yeah. 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 So that's where okay. people can find me. We will link you below. Again, thank you oh, so thank much you. for being thank on the podcast. You, you are the recovering guest. I haven't had a guest for so long. I'm so really? nervous and scared. And well, you did not it. And the action. conversation flowed. Uh, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. only by doing yeah. that yeah. you feel comfortable. Yeah, as soon as I end recording, I'm like, I hate this girl. I'm out of here. <laughs> Get out. Whatever. Cut, cut. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ari. I appreciate it. That was it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you guys truly enjoyed this, hit the like button, comment down below. People on iTunes, I don't know how you can share or comment. I don't know how like numbers works on iTunes for the podcast listeners, SoundCloud listeners. Um, and that's kind of good, so I don't have to sit there and judge myself on numbers. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, give me requests of what questions you want to hear, stuff you want answered, subjects, people, all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Ariel. I really appreciate you if you're watching. And Diabetes Daily Hustle, I will see you soon. Goodbye.